Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week we're talking about how our negative experiences can bring up fears that get in the way of our following Christ. reading from the prophet Jeremiah. Hear the words of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your ancestors find in me that they went far from me and went after worthless things and became worthless themselves? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness and a land of deserts and pits? in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that no one passes through where no one lives. I brought you into a plentiful land to eat its fruits and its good things. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. Has a nation changed its gods even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. The Word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, it's great to be back. As most of you know, I was on vacation the um, week before last, and we were in New York City for a couple of days, and then we went to the Jersey Shore. We were in Wildwood. I don't know if you've ever been there, but Wildwood has a very long, like a three-mile boardwalk, and it has all the normal sort of things designed to separate you from your money on the boardwalk. It also has three, three piers. On each pier is sort of an amusement park. And the pier nearest us, we were very close to the boardwalk, the pier nearest us was the Adventure Pier, which is all of the death-defying rides. And one of the rides, there's a spherical cage, like a ball, that has two seats, and it's connected to the very long bungee cords. And they pull it down, and they let it go, and it goes like 100 feet into the air. It goes, whoo! up and down and spins around and then once it kind of settles out they haul you back down and my daughter begged to ride that ride oh can we please ride that ride absolutely not there is no way I'm ever going to get on that thing first of all I don't really like to be upside down 
it gives me a headache. We know when I can ice 12, I didn't mind it so much, but 40 years on from that, it gives me a headache to be upside down for any long period of time. I also, while I'm upside down, don't want to be twisting and turning and spinning because that makes my tummy not feel very good. And I don't like that. And so I have learned over the years to not be upside down and to not be twisting and turning, especially while upside down. Right? Because I, I've had that experience in the past. I know it doesn't go well, and so I don't do it. Also, it's absolutely terrifying. The idea of being sprung up into the air just gives me the willies. I, I'm not interested in that at all. Right? And probably all of us have these kind of experiences, right? Where we, there are things we're just not going to do, right? We've had a bad experience, and we're not going to do that in the future. Now, it could be for something as not very important as amusement park rides. I know there are lots of people that the Midway is their least favorite part of the fair. I'm with you there. Um, uh, but there are other things that, that we've had bad experiences and we don't, and so we've learned not to do those things again. And like I said, sometimes they're kind of anodyne and sometimes they're more important. Right? It could be we were in a car accident in, say, in the winter or the rain or at night, and so we we become fearful of, of driving at those times. And that, that makes sense, right? Um, sometimes as though as we've, we've had maybe a fall, and so we don't want to walk in the ice, or, or it's too painful to walk upstairs, and so we don't do that. And there's, there are lots of things we learn. Sometimes, you know, there are things like, like we've had a bad experience with broccoli, or, or a bad experience with Brussels sprouts. And we know that we should not eat those because that's not good, right? So we all have these experiences. And, and when we get to our scriptures today, one of the things we're talking about is, is Israel has had a bad experience like this. If we remember the history of Israel that the Bible tells us, we remember that its origins are in the righteousness of Abraham. Though he is at an advanced age, the Lord promises him descendants greater than the number of stars in the sky. And eventually, you know, he has Isaac, and Isaac has Jacob, and Jacob has all those 12 kids' sons. He has more daughters, but, but the tribes of Israel come from Jacob's sons. And, and they, they go into Egypt at a time of famine and they become enslaved and God comes and, and frees them from bondage and Moses leads them out of Egypt into the wilderness where they wander for a little bit and then into the promised land and eventually they, they kind of become predominant in the promised land and they, they form a kingdom under David. And that kingdom gets split in two, and there's a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And the Assyrians come, and they wipe out the northern kingdom, and all those people are lost. And then about 100 years later, the Babylonians come and wipe out the southern kingdom, destroy the temple, and take the leaders of Israel into exile. And so the leaders of ex in exile were faced with a, a problem. They, they had this horrible experience. They, they had had their nation destroyed. They'd had the temple where they thought God lived desecrated and burned and destroyed. And they themselves had been taken off into exile far away from the land that they were promised and understood to be their own patrimony from God. 
And so they looked at this terrible experience and they looked back on their own history and said, what went wrong? How could we, God's chosen people, suffer in this way? And so the answer they came up with is, we didn't live into the covenant. We broke all the rules. God told us how to live and we ignored it. And so God punished us. And so Israel developed a strong aversion to breaking the rules. That the law became prominent and front and center of their understanding of what it meant to respond faithfully to God. And so they, they became strict and, and unyielding in their adherence to the law. Now, different groups within Israel understood laws a little bit differently, but they all agreed that the law was the most important thing and that our primary mission in life is to make sure we never break a rule. And then Jesus comes along, the incarnate Son of God, we believe, and Jesus is terrible at following rules. Jesus breaks rules all the time. Like really important ones like working on the Sabbath and other ones like claiming he's the Son of God. Jesus is like a rule-breaking express train through Israel. Because Jesus tells us something different than what Israel had come to understand about itself. Because Jesus said it's not because you broke all the rules that God doesn't punish God loves, but when you do stupid things, bad things happen. That's just kind of how the world works. And so what Jesus said is, look, there's the rules, and they're good. God gave them to you. God didn't create you to follow the rules. God gave you these laws to help you live the way that God wants you to live, to create community that's meaningful and supportive in a place where we, we don't kill each other and we don't lie about each other and we don't, we don't live in envy of what our neighbors have, where we respect the integrity, integrity of relationships, where we live to help one another. That's what the law is meant to give us, this blueprint for how to live a life where we can all thrive, where we can all live into our potential, and where we all have our dignity respected by one another. It's a beautiful beautiful way of life that God offers us. But when we live into our fears, like Israel had, had learned to do, we forget the context of the law. And that's what Jesus comes to teach. Because Jesus says, look, the rules are good. We should follow them. But context matters. The rules aren't absolute. Jesus said, in fact, there's sort of a higher rule, a higher law through which we need to see the law of Moses. He said it's really simple. There's only two parts. Love God with your whole self. Likewise, love your neighbor. So what Jesus is saying here is that following the rules is good. But if our choice is between responding in love to the needs of the world or following the rule, Respond to the world in love. Break the rule. That's why Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Why would you not heal someone who, who's been in pain and agony because of some arbitrary rule that says you shouldn't do that? And so Jesus teaches us that 
that the purpose of the law is to help us live a good life. But, but if it gets in the way of our loving response to the world, ignore it. Don't be judgmental rule followers, Jesus says. Be people who see the need of the world and respond in love. Be people who recognize the dignity of your neighbors. Be people who live to see others thrive. That's what Christian faith is really all about. It's about accepting that invitation to see the world as God sees it and to respond in love. And to not live into our fears and not let the, the bad things that may have happened in the past hold us back. Now, maybe it would be foolish to get on that spherical ball and throw up, right? But it turns out Brussels sprouts aren't so bad if you chop them up finely and cook them in like butter with salt and pepper, right? That the bad experiences that hold us back sometimes hold us back from the things that would really enrich our lives, that our fears hold us back from living into the potential that we were created and offered by God. So, so Jesus tells us and reminds us that to live in fear is to not live in God's love. That to live in fear is the path to the life that is not good. It's the way of death. And what Jesus promises is life. And that promise is shown to us in the resurrection that even the worst thing that Israel could do out of its own fear, sacrificing its own God, even that is not enough to stop the redemptive power of love that God offers all of us. Amen.